listening to Make It, a podcast by Banzai Creative that helps creatives in film get where they're going faster by sharing the advice, knowledge, and insights of professional creatives across the film industry. I'm your host, Chris Barkley, and with me today is my good friend and Make It podcast co-host, Nicholas Buggs. Chris here with another episode of the Make It Podcast, and this is an Indie Talk week, and that means I'm here with my good friend and co-founder, Nicholas Bugs. Nick, say hello. Hello, hello. What's up, folks? What's up, Chris? What's going on, man? Well, what's going on is this is one of the last Indie Talks of the year, and we probably have some surprises coming uh towards the end, maybe something to wrap the year up. We've had so many amazing guests. We've had a bunch of wonderful indie talks that have gotten a lot of great feedback. It's funny that you go from indie talk to indie talk like we do, and it's really difficult to remember exactly what we said (laughs) in the middle. Right. And we don't really do like show notes for the indie talks like we do for the interviews. So it's like, it's not like you can go back and kind of like, you get a sense of broadly what we spoke about. And the things we remember, or at least for me, Nick, you could tell me if I'm wrong or if you feel differently, the things I remember are the like predictions, like the things we say, is that going to happen? This going to happen or sort of a broad topic that's evergreen. And so that is the inspiration for today's talk because we want it to be memorable. We're going to talk about some evergreen subjects around some current events, but before we get into that, What are like your go-to Christmas movies every year? I've always been curious. I haven't asked you that. I don't even know. And this is something I don't don't know about you, which is a weird that I don't know something about you. (laughs) Uh, I don't know if you like Christmas movies or you watch them or you have a go-to that you watch every year. Yeah, we do, man. It's like, uh, and and it's funny because it's like, I feel like, now that you're asking me that and, you know, this is what we do, I feel like I should be coming up with something special and obscure. It's, it's Home Alone, man. You know, like every, yeah. we watch Original. Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Like we watch number one. Uh, sometimes we'll watch number two. We won't touch number three, even though my son does actually enjoy it. I don't, that's, you know, there's no Macaulay Culkin. That's not Home Alone. They should have called it something else. Mm-hmm. And now there's a new one, if you didn't know. There is a new Home Alone movie. And my wife and I just won't watch it. My son watched it. He said he liked it. But no, it, it won't. It's not going to be a thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's almost like when Jeremy Renner took over for Matt Damon in The Born Identity. The Born, yeah. The Born series. I like Jeremy Renner. Mm-hmm. Not my Jason Bourne. Right. Not yeah, my, I'm sorry. Not my Jason. Sorry. Right. <laughs> sorry. Didn't even didn't even watch it. Didn't even try to watch it. That's what I'm feel, saying. I didn't want to feel any way about Jeremy Renner. I was like, I'm right. keep liking him. Exactly. So, so that's where I'm at with this new thing. I'm like, one. that's not you just call it something else. Like it's but anyway, it could be good. I'm not saying it's not good. It could be, but it's just not my home alone so that's that's the primary so that's two one of them. two of them is home alone one and two. yeah those are the primary ones and i think i don't know man my my other ones well again it's usually the kids who get us into it okay so here's another one i enjoy the grinch okay which, so which grinch? okay so there's the dr seuss cartoony grinch mm-hmm. okay and then there's the Jim Carrey Grinch. I can get down right with both of those. Great. Great. But the latest Grinch can't do it, man. I can't do it. You know how they say um, the Grinch's heart, you know, was what ten sizes too small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The new Grinch movie is ten times too long. Like it's just we saw that movie in the theater and that's like one of the very few movies that I I literally fell asleep. Is this the cartoon one? 
it's it's yeah it's a cartoon one that's in the same vein as um like despicable me like that yeah. type of yeah, animation yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah i just it's like what keenan is like that the, one or like the whoville sort of yeah. yeah yeah but it's a whoville but it's very um again despicable me type animation and i just they they went in such a direction with that it's not it, you know it's not true to the original so i just can't i just can't with it are there any christmas movies for you uh, where you, well where i, I have to say you. like do you watch yeah. all the classics like miracle on 34th street it's a wonderful life no home alone is for me a christmas and i'm happy story. that the kids get into that the christmas story it is one of those that for a very long time it was near and dear to my heart yeah but it's one of those things when like when you have something too often yeah then you don't have the taste for it anymore. And I think that's what happened with Christmas Story. It was just like, it was almost like I was watching it in October and then again in November and then again in December. And then they showed it again in February. And it's such a great movie. They wear it out, you'd, man. Yeah, you'd want to watch it again, but it got so worn out. I just, I couldn't do it. But the out. one, if I were to pick one for me, other than Home Alone, it would have to be Trading Places. Trading Places. Now, the question is, is that a Christmas movie? I would say it is. People always ask about Die Hard. Is that a Christmas movie? But people leave out Trading Places. I guess maybe it's obvious that it's a Christmas movie, but oh, yeah. I don't know if it's obvious. I don't know yeah, if it's to me, it's, a, it's just Christmas yeah, time. Exactly. But it's to me, it's a it's a Christmas movie. Like, I, I get that feeling from it. Now, of course, it's funny because it's a Chris. I have that idea of a Christmas movie. But they do have this part that was like, um, you know, the costume party part of it, which has absolutely nothing to do with Christmas. Um, but it to me is um, is a Christmas movie that I kind of always go back to. And and there's a line in there where he says, Merry New Year. It, I, I, you know, and I have I got a buddy actually named Chris, uh, another buddy named Chris. Mm -hmm. And, and he and I we went say. to. Exactly. I know. I know. And he and I went to high school together. And to be honest, like we don't talk a lot during the year. Like we might okay, not talk say, at all. I wanted you to send him a letter that said, I'm going to murder him. Cease and desist. Right? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Cease and desist. There's only one Chris. It's like a, um, our friend Sarah Zanotti, where she's like, there's another Sarah Zanotti and she lives in Tennessee. I'm yeah. Going to kill her. You're right. <laughs> there can they only be them. one. It's Highlander. There can only be one. There can only be one. Yeah. But yeah, this, so this guy, I only talk to him like maybe once a year. It'll be around Christmas. And that's like the text. Merry New Year. Yeah. Right. Merry and it's year. just, for me, it has just become part of Christmas. Was um, coming to America happening around the original one com happening around Christmas time as well? Well, it was winter time. It was definitely but winter they, time. But they right? didn't. Yeah, but they. I don't think there was ever a mention of Christmas. Yeah, maybe there wasn't. It was the Hateful Eight a Christmas movie? No, that's probably a, that's that's a real stretch. But yeah, I'm like it was very yeah. cold. I, I'm I'm right. waiting anything that has snow. It's cold. Was the Revenant? Right. <laughs> it's like I don't think so, bro. I don't think so, bro. But yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. What about, what about you, man? Besides, that? I mean, you know, there's those classics like you know when they show um, you know Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. They mm -hmm. show Frosty the Snowman. Again, old school stuff that you know we still get down with and then i will say that the the next movie that's probably going to be the fam one of the family favorites was the original christmas chronicles so not christmas chronicles 2 but christmas chronicles Dre? we actually <laughs> was it a dr that's dre the, that, that's the chronic oh that's the chronic just, there, yeah there's no ols got it right it's not chronicles it's just the chronic but so this uh, one's the narnia one yeah there you go Chris. The narnia, was this the narnia christmas movie <laughs> No, no Narnia. I'm way yeah. Okay. Oh. yeah, but yeah, you gotta check it out on Netflix. Um, Kirk Douglas, but it's a um, it, the first one was good. The second one was garbage, but the the first one that might be something we go back to. Yeah, yeah, I I I think those are all great choices. One of the reasons I brought it up is that it's one of the genres we don't talk about in indie film that is always being pitched. So, well, and I think is often horror, successful. What's that?
I think is often successful as well. It's, yeah. it's yeah. like, it fits everything. Well, it's like, yeah. it's a niche, you know, it's a niche thing. We supposed to niche down with your indie film. There's a very specific why to mm-hmm. making it yeah. right. There are very specific distributors who love this type of thing, right? It's, there's so many reasons why you should do it. But like you said, people are always going into horror mm-hmm. instead of going into holiday. Well, no, they go into both, but we talk about horror all the time. Yeah, true, true. Right, because I think, and look, you're right. That's a strong why. Why are you making this Christmas film? Jesus. <laughs> and, and that's that's very simple. How do you even refute that, right? But, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right. Uh, but, okay, so... I think people think they can roll out of bed and write a Christmas movie. And then they find out it's tropey, but it's not easy. Like there's a reason there hasn't been, even in its own sequels, a match to the original home. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a reason for that. It's a, it's a difficult thing to pull off, uh, to hide the setups. It's really difficult in a Christmas movie because we all know they're coming. <laughs> right. Like, like we all know. It's like watching a dog movie. You know that dog. That. <laughs> you know, listen to you. Die. Hey, listen to you. When's the last time you watched a dog movie? Like you obviously haven't been watching movies during the Beethoven era. You know, when the dogs that's, don't die. I'm talking about a dog by. movie where, where I'm talking about a dog movie that's going to break your heart. Uh-huh. Yeah. My man's back in old, old yeller days. Old yeller and lassie, you know they're going out. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh there was another one, Marley. Marley and me, like uh, um Owen Wilson was in it. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. Mm. But those are hard movies to write. And right. uh, uh harder than you think. Now, what is easy is just saying, Hey, here's my Christmas movie. We're gonna have a guy and a girl, they're in a relationship. And they're basically going to do the meet the parents thing. Hallmark. Oh, is that a Christmas movie? Meet the parents? Hallmark. Oh, is it? <sighs> I don't know. Okay. So anyway, yeah, the Hallmark movies, but, but they even have a thing they do. Right. Yeah, they do. Like Hallmark and Lifetime. So those are great. And there are a lot of people, our friend, uh, Cookie McRae. She hates them and loves them at the same time. She doesn't <laughs> like admitting that she's going to watch Christmas movies on Hallmark, on Hallmark, but she is going to watch them. That's right. Because if you like one, you must like them all. Yeah. It's I'm like sorry. me with cake. <laughs> I see a cake. I know I shouldn't eat it. I hate myself because I'm going to eat it. Right. He's like, but it's it will happen. be eaten. Right. <laughs> it will be. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll look myself in the mirror later and just cry. It's just, it's just you one to you, though. Right? To yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you do You just can't. Yeah, and please, it's I don't terrible. ever want to see that side of you, bro. That yeah. voice right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. <laughs> but but I do. I will. I'll watch a. Um, I'll watch. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life. I like little Jimmy Stewart in there. My Mary, my Mary, Mary, Mary. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you, Mary. And then I like to play a game. Where you take a shot Uh-oh. every time they do something that couldn't be on film today. Like when that shopkeeper beats the hell out of that kid. Kid. Uh, <laughs> just wraps the hell out of his ears over and over again. <laughs> shot, shot, yeah, right, shot. Right, right. You'll be drunk like before like half of it's done. Like it'll, it'll, it's a great time. And what a way to spend Christmas. You mix a little, let's say, boiled custard or eggnog with a little spiced rum and a cinnamon stick. And you just shoot that. No, that cinnamon stick's gonna get in the way, bro. That's in your nose. You just spice it. You just mix it with that. Stick it in your nose, maybe. <laughs> you know, like uh, take it out. I put it to my fingers. I smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I just sort of mimicry. Exactly. Yeah, Yo, I, wait, I gotta give you. I gotta give you the other movie. It's not Christmas, okay. but you mentioned you mentioned taking a shot when something happens in, in a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So the next movie you have to do that with is The Big Lebowski. You got to yeah, take I a shot. Wait, wait. You got you to take a shot every time they say the word fuck. Oh, my do God. It. Oh, you're right. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? This is a this is a program that can be listened to by anyone. You're going to have people in the e- ER. Like this exactly. Is, that game should just be called emergency room. Exactly. Yeah. I just be you out, bro. Say, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you'd be done. Or maybe even just drink every time the dude drinks. 
Right. There you go. I mean, he got me drinking. He's that, it's embarrassing to say so how influential uh, a movie can be on you and how it influenced me. I did not start drinking white Russians until I watched the big Lebowski. <laughs> and then I watched the big Lebowski and I started drinking white Russians and we all thought we were mm-hmm. super fucking cool and walking around <laughs> with our white Russians. And then that, that is a drink that will make you fat. You no, it's just, just drinking. Yeah. Calories, calories, and the, and the cream. It's just, it's bananas and they're delicious. That's why Everyone you do black Russian. Tastes, yeah, black do Russian. Black just Russian. Don't put the milk in there, man. Yeah, it, you flip it around, and it. then you find out. Oh, I don't like vodka. <laughs> <laughs> there was something else in the drink. The milk I liked. was saving you, though. There was something else I like. Oh, yeah, I don't like. I don't really like right. vodka. Yeah. So um, anyway, just I, I thought I'd bring it up. I I would love to see some great independent films come out with uh, a Christmas theme. Uh, they're evergreen. Like you said, they're successful because they're evergreen. Somebody's going to turn around. Somebody, people are really into it, even if they're not into the Jesus. They're into, like, the decorations. <laughs> they're into uh, the whole theme of Christmas All outside right, it's of the, the religious spirit. aspect. Spirit of, and they will watch these Christmas movies over and over and over again. Whereas I think in horror which is the other sort of popular indie genre to, to create in, because again, it's going to get watched every Halloween in theory. Right. That crowd is far more harsh. Like they will go to your IMDb page and, and drop cuss words on your review. If they don't like your, they don't do that in the Christmas movies because it's not, it's not godlike. It's not important. And well, I'll say this. It's not exactly. And it's, it's you're, not in the and spirit. you can't be mean. Yeah, you can't be mean to a Christmas movie. That's right. That just it, makes you a jerk. Unless it's offending you. That just makes you a jerk. That makes you make, makes you the Grinch, right? And you don't want to be the Grinch on Christmas. Exactly. So, yeah. so I say, try to let's try to write some better Christmas films as a as a you know as a sort of industry indie, indie film industry. Let's see if we can write some better ones and make some classics. I think. I think the book hasn't been written on the Christmas movie and there's chapters to be, to be added. And what better group to do that than indie filmmakers? Because with the studios, they just can't even take the risk on that. Like they're, they're going to be making superhero movies for the next 10 years. So that (laughs) opens up the lane for rom-coms mixed with Christmas movies, mixed with dogs. And that trifecta is if done correctly, we'll, we'll pay dividends. Give me a dog that dies. Give me a romance and give me Christmas. Okay, you ready? Yeah. A dog gone Christmas romance. (laughs) (laughs) Let me, let me, that's the the name of the next film on the nose. On the nose. Let me, (laughs) let me walk this back. I have two golden doodles. I'm a big dog lover. I don't want to see a dog die in the movie. I don't. I just haven't. I'm noticing a trend. That's a trend that's been around for decades. I would I, love to ready? see a movie right, written it. where the dog lives. Maybe the dog brings the two lovers together on Christmas morning. You ready? Or you think it's going to happen on Christmas morning. Then something else bad happens to the couple that looks like it's going to break them up forever. And then somehow at the last moment, right as Christmas is about to be over, or maybe... It extends to New Year's. The dog saves the day. Winter's puppy love. <laughs> so this is two dogs that were kicked out by a human on Christmas Day. <laughs> you see? And then they find each other. In they the find street. each other. It's right. It's the love and basketball. But, of it's right. But dog. maybe they weren't kicked out, but maybe they were both lost. Mm. Exactly. And you have a, a male owner, let's say, and you have a female owner, or it could be a male owner and a male, who knows? It's just, you know, two people mm-hmm. who are going to come together in search of their lost dogs on Christmas. <laughs> oh, the winter's the puppy love. Because you wouldn't want to call it a winter's bone, I think. I think that's taken. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, 
Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. <laughs> There's got to be a porn name. There, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's. <laughs> Winter. We'll just leave, we'll leave it. Winter's bone. <laughs> yes, we'll leave it. <laughs> well, that's the, other, that's the other thing. I, you know, you just came up. We just had another idea right there. I just feel like you and I could probably find a whole host of movies that we would just change the spirit of it by doing it in by by saying the title of the movie in quiet storm voice. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So we just get on and be like, "A winter's bone." <laughs> Quiet storm. <laughs> we used to have that. We used to have that on uh, the station in Nashville. It's called ninety two point one or ninety two Q is what he used to be yeah, called. Yeah, we had it here too, man. Ninety two point three. And uh, the dude's Quiet voice storm. was so low. Yeah, I, I wish I could remember his name. He's brilliant. Yes, and, uh, his Quiet Storm about ten o'clock, bro. Like. It was, you know, it, it, it was way down. Yeah. It was, it was almost brown note. There you go. <laughs> Where you hear him and you just poop your pants. <laughs> He's like, ooh. Oh, just, ooh. Oh, oh. That hit me right in the prostate. Yeah, right. As you can see, as you can see, as you can see, we are, uh, we're, we're feeling festive. We're feeling. That's right. We're in the spirit. We're in the we're spirit. In the spirit. And but but let's talk about uh, there was a lot of film news this week, actually. But let's talk about the thing that jumped out to us, which was the Mr. Beast yep. YouTube video and how uh, he mimicked. His, or he created his own squid game. Right. Right. Um, and it got more views, I believe, in four days than the real squid game got. And people lost their mind. Mr. Beast. And the reason we loved it is because it's a good example of the fifth wave that we talk about all the time. This, this moment in sort of creative uh, history on the timeline of creativity, if you will, where each individual will have their own platform for delivery of content. Meaning at some point we think Mr. Beast will wake up and say, damn, why why am I like posting this to YouTube? Like I make so much money. I should actually have my own platform called Mr. Beast TV. And I bet my fans will follow me here. Yep. And then once they follow me here, I'll create an app on Roku or Apple TV and people will click Mr. Beast TV on that and watch it. And uh, instead of posting my stuff to Instagram or to TikTok or to some of these other places, I'll just have my own place where, you know, maybe on chain, if you will, like um, some application built on chain where people can go and just be direct one-to-one feed from a social media, in a social media way to Mr. Beast, right? So that'd be like full on fifth wave. So we're not quite there yet, Mm -hmm. but we think that creators like this will one day wake up and one morning and say, now, why am I taking less than, you know, uh, a penny per view on this platform when I could leverage my fans somewhere else, right? Now, what people uh, aren't saying very much and, and the thing that I don't say, I won't say we dislike this part, Nick, because we do love the fifth wave element of that. It's not that we dislike it. It's just the rational view that, commentators on this sort of aren't willing to seems like they're not willing to address, which is that YouTube has far, far, far more active users <laughs> per day than Netflix. Mm-hmm. So it's not yeah. a surprise that his video got more views. Netflix is a paid service. You pay. It's actually one of the more expensive streaming platforms now at this point. When I started on Netflix, it was $6.99 a month, I believe, maybe less. So now that's up to almost $20 a month. And people are happy to pay it because they're the OGs. They've been around since the very beginning. And you feel safe. You know, like Netflix is going to take care of you. But because it's a paid service, it doesn't have the viewership opportunity that Mr. Beast's video is going to have. And 
if you dismiss that point, then you're not really being intellectually honest and fair about the whole situation. And well, then, yeah, I think there's yeah. there's other pieces to that, which is, you know, like you said, Netflix is a paid service. Yeah. But I would not suggest that Netflix has a following. Right. And that's yeah. the difference. You know, Mr. Beast has a following, a significant mm-hmm. one. Right. And puts out videos on a, on a very regular basis. Yep. So there's someone there's something drawing people back to that content on a probably daily basis. Whereas for Netflix, yeah, there's stuff there. I think, you know, I'm not sure how you use Netflix and actually forget us, right. How the general public uses Netflix. I feel like it's all about the new thing, right? So there's, there's what's the newest thing on Netflix. They're not going through the catalog of Netflix looking for stuff. That's like crap takes too long. Nobody has a attention span it's almost, to, to it's click a, search anymore. Yeah. It's the double-edged sword of their algorithm. Right. You're always so, searching for the new because they're always pushing the new in front of you. Exactly. But that's what YouTube is. It's always new. It's always fresh. And you're always getting pinged by the freshness, right? If you hit that little subscribe button, anytime a new video hits, you can go watch it. I'd like because to trademark you that phrase, phraseology, pinged by the freshness. There you go. And so you get pinged and you go check it out because not because you follow YouTube, Right is because you follow that content creator. That creator, yep. So the other part that they're not talking about is the fact that Squid Games was very successful. Yeah. And in the media, right, people were talking about Squid Games. In households, they were talking about Squid Games. In Roblox, they've created Squid Games games in Roblox. Mm -hmm. So it's all over the place. So when Mr. Beast, who already has a significant following now does something that's based on something that's immensely popular. Well, duh, of course this guy's going to get this. Like, like, why would you not think that that would happen? So, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, it's not a surprise that this would happen, but I think it's funny. So part of me is like, okay, so why do we care? Mm-hmm. Is Mr. Beast now going to come out with something? Are they promoting Mr. Beast for some new thing that we don't know about again it's it's what like you always say why did you get this article mm-hmm. yeah. right why are they pushing this information to us right now well i'm curious we'll, we'll follow this see if the the mr beast saga has just begun with respect to his getting traditional media attention yeah i i wonder about that too and he probably again i think the thing that he probably deserves it is what I was going to say because, mm-hmm. and not probably he does deserve it. The following he's built is unbelievable. It's, oh, unicorn, yeah. it's unicorn. Like it's, it's no less remarkable than when you see a company that has a billion dollar valuation after two or three years and maybe more mm-hmm. legitimate than that. Frankly, when you get some of these companies that don't really have a product that have massive valuations, right? He has a product that you get every single day. That's right. And you know what it is. And so the thing we talked about with the fifth wave where, okay, one day Mr. Beast is going to wake up and want more. They know that too. So at what point do they say, man, we got to do something to protect this creator because news just came out two weeks ago that TikTok has surpassed YouTube for viewership, viewership time. So what keeps Mr. Beast from like jumping ship and being a primary creator on TikTok? Because now TikTok is just, they've changed their branding. They're trying to be subtle about it. They're executives that come out and they'll say, well, we're not a social media network. You're hearing that now from them. They never really said that before. Now they're really putting out, we're not social. No, that's not who we are. We're not Instagram and, and Twitter. We're not showing you, you know, like, this isn't, we're an entertainment company. Mm-hmm. And I was really taken aback when they said that. I thought, wow, okay, now I can really see what the next five years are going to look like. They're yeah, positioning content. themselves to be, we talked about this in 2020, early 2020, I think when Quibi was failing mm-hmm. or when it or actually, when they first came out, when they first they came failed, out, that's what it was before they failed. We said, how are they like, isn't this just TikTok? Like, how are they, how are they going to compete against TikTok? Is TikTok going to be more entertaining than Quibi? And if so, how are they going to win? Because TikTok is, you get a video every couple of seconds, it keeps you locked in. 
It's very, very, very entertaining. It's like, it, I think other social networks, when I use them, seem boring, maybe with the exception of Snapchat, seem boring compared to TikTok. And now you have Quibi and it's like, well, how is, like, how is Quibi going to have scripted television beat this sort of spontaneous creation from, from people that never ends? And it would, they, they had to pay millions and millions of dollars for the scripted content. To get that and stuff. The TikTok folks pay them no, those creators nothing. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. Nothing. You just said, like, it never ends. Like, it, yeah. here's the deal. Like, TikTok, especially as it pertains to video content, which is likely more engaging than, you know, static content, right? Yeah. It's infinitely wide, which is why you can just literally just keep doing this right yeah. or let it just do it on its own yeah and it's infinitely deep mm-hmm. so you can then like someone's stuff and be like oh i want to see more of them yeah right and then you just go into their videos and, and even if they only have 100 videos well it's still infinitely deep because you just swipe again and you go deep on the next person so it's like it's just infinitely wide and infinitely deep and you can't beat that when you like you said when you have to pay millions of dollars for the content it just doesn't work that way this is free content it's you know? free content the business model's better it's it's old school uh apple versus android economics where it's like yeah we have 20 percent of the market but we have you know seven eight x margin as as you so we'll just we'll just sit on our war chest of cash and and let you try to you know discount your way to the win and you and it never worked it always works to have a premium product. Um, and this might be a good little lesson, business lesson for indie filmmakers as well. Never belittle your product. Like never assume that your product should be free because the indie film before yours was free, right? Or that there's this place where it can be free. Uh, no, your film is precious. It's your baby. And try to make it, try your best to make it a premium product. And if it's not a premium product on its own, what can you add to it? outside of the film, maybe a graphic novel, maybe some merch, maybe an experience. What can you add to it that all of a sudden makes your film a premium product? Because those always seem to win out. And so when you look at TikTok and YouTube versus a Quibi or Netflix, well, they have to pay out the ass to acquire their content. And TikTok and YouTube really don't have to do that. So they get all this great entertainment and it's all net profits in. Like Google has so much money now, I read that they don't even know what to do with it. They they have no idea how to use it. So they'll they'll actually endeavor on any project, any R and D project. Let's throw money at it. Like oh, let's see if that pans out. Let's see if this yes, pans why out. Why not? Let's just try it. So whereas you know that that's where um, I think that key that key difference is now. Unlike Quibi, Netflix has content we want to see. They have a deep library. They have loyal subscribers that just kind of let the credit card roll and they pay, they charge enough per person to sort of make that money back. Right. And I think that kind of brings us to the next point, which is who made the most money, the actual squid game creators, uh, or maybe we can even throw Netflix in there or did Mr. Beast make more money off of YouTube based on that view count? It's a really interesting question. And because Netflix is so shrouded, I don't know. No, I think we know the answer. I don't know if, if you can know for sure. I think we know the answer. I think you can pause it. I, I would say it's Mr. Beast. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's been, you know, some news about basically the bonus, mm-hmm. right? That's been paid out to the, I guess, the writers, directors, maybe the, the whole team at uh, Squid Games. Mm-hmm. So I think they've gotten something. Right. And it's a one time something where Mr. Beast will not make a one time something that as long as that video is out there, it can continue to get hits. Like, that's the beauty of it. Right. It's like as soon as you say Mr. Beast is this and he did that. Well, that's another 10 million views. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you got his 10 million. You talked about it. Then there's another 10 million because people want to know what this thing is. So he's yeah. going to get another hit. Right. And if he does something else big, it's another so he'll keep getting paid. The other it's thing very, is it's that, very like, meta because he ends up ratioing himself. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but, so here's the thing. creates more, more content. Yeah, yeah. So the thing with, um, with Squid like, Games, like with what Netflix, we're doing. So it's very meta. Yeah. <laughs> so with Netflix, 
they didn't get paid for that. Yeah. They already have their subscribers or are hoping for more. Yeah. But they didn't get paid for Squid Games. Yeah. They paid, they paid for, for Squid Games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I can tell you, Mr. Beast, he made more money. Now but, the next step is but what the question they is did, did Netflix make more money? That might be that's what I'm saying. a I better, don't, more apt comparison because that's what I, mean. I don't new, think so. How many net new subscribers did they get because of the juice and the energy? Because it it really did take the world by storm. Otherwise, Mr. Beast wouldn't have made a video about it. No, but, but that's the thing is that it, it it did, but so did like Queen's Gambit. And I don't know that. Right. How many net subscribers do they get? We have to look at their quarterly reports because. Yeah. And I'm uh, curious. If they increase globally by, let's say, a million people, which would be probably a. That probably wouldn't be a huge quarter for them. If I just hop in the calculator right here and multiply it times, let's say sixteen ninety nine. I mean, they made you know quite a bit of money there. You know, that's seventeen million dollars. Right? Yeah, and I just don't think that they got that many because of, and I don't think that they have any metric whatsoever that could tie it. I mean, I don't know. When was the last time you signed you up? You have to look at the quarterly report and say, "Oh, I see what you're saying. You're saying you, it could be because of some other show." Or combination right. thereof, or combination right? Because yeah. unless the, you know how that you sign up for stuff and they're like, how did you hear about us? Yeah. You know, it'd be cool if Netflix yeah. did that. Like, well, how did you hear about us? Why are you here? Oh, Squid Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and exactly. then it's like, okay, you got the data. But without that, there's no way. And they, and they do have that data. They do have it. Because there's a, there's a website you can go to on Netflix that tells you everything you watch, how long you watched it. It really has such deep data on your viewing patterns. Yeah, you and can make assumptions. First and, click. And so they know, right, exactly. They know exactly why someone showed up. That first click data would be a really strong leading indicator, right? Yeah. As to as to why they showed up. Um, I think the, where I want to wrap this thought up with, though, is like, what does it say? Like, who is, who is Mr. Beast? Because he's not a, he is making film, but I don't know if he's a filmmaker. And then what does it say about the nature of creation? that you can do more by copying someone and sort of drafting off their idea than you could, and maybe even be more influential than you could coming up with your own idea. It seems like, yeah. it seems like a lot of a, YouTube videos are based on A lot of YouTube they, they videos are. are, here's what's happening in the world where there are originals, and let me make a video like... Like, think about the culture of YouTube. It's all about reaction. Oh, Eminem dropped a new verse. Let's react to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Kids yeah, react. just sang Parents a great song. Dogs Let react. Me react to that. Right. It's like, oh, so-and-so made a toy. Let's watch this kid play with it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's highly derivative on, on, on YouTube, but it works. And so... I don't know what it says about our society. I don't know what it says about the future of creators in film either. Yeah, well, for me, it's um, so let's take it back to so we're talking about indie filmmakers and, you know, like what's the difference, right? Oftentimes, I think what that means is, you know, filmmakers try to tell stories, content creators try to make content, right? It's it's the difference is is that content creators are there to keep you engaged in whatever it is they're doing, mm-hmm. right? They might not be telling a story, but maybe they're funny, so they want you to come back for the funny, right? Or they just like you said, unboxing. You just come back for the unboxing. There's no story, right? So it's a it's a different thing what they're creating content for. So I feel like filmmakers are storytellers, and then the second part of that is that because they want to differentiate themselves from content creators, basically the average Joe, right. Then it's a different level of equipment, right. It's a different level of skill. It's a different level of attention to cinematography and all these other things that puts them in a different bracket. But when we talk about like the success of a filmmaker, indie filmmaker, there's this interesting space when it comes to money. So, you know, I, I will briefly talk. I'm not going to get into the movie, but, you know, one of the things that Alec Baldwin recently mentioned during his interview was that he made about, an independent about Rust. about Rust. He made an independent film. Right. Everyone knows it. It's 
everyone was calling it a low budget film, right? Because they're being, you know, it's like pejorative. They're, they're kind of kind of crapping on what was going on because of the, the tragedy. But it's an independent film. And he said this, it's an independent film that he was making for $5 million. Okay. There is a, a range, and we know it, which is that three to $5 million range that puts you in the potential profit market for independent film as a standalone product. Okay. But most of the indie filmmakers that we talk to or that are out there in the wild trying to do their thing, they're not in the three to $5 million range. They're in the 250, 500,000, maybe a million, maybe 50,000, but they're basically below that. And I think our thing is if you're below the 3 million range, you need to learn how to become a content creator. Because you're not going to profit solely from your five hundred thousand dollar film. It isn't in the profit market. Profit market is three to five million. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you can't make your five hundred thousand dollar film, or that you shouldn't. It's that in order to promote that thing, to get people to watch it, to get the people to actually pay for it, they have to follow you. Mm-hmm. The only reason someone's going to follow you is if they have a reason, right? A legitimate daily, what, what is following? Following is, I am with you along your journey, right? There's a difference between following someone and meeting them, right? So that's what content creators do. They they get a following. So if you are dealing in that below $3 million range, then you need to learn how to be a content creator so that your following buys your $500,000 film your million-dollar film, your $50,000 film. That, to me, is kind of the world that we're in when it comes to indie film with respect to content creation. Yeah, and you see it again, you know, TikTok expanding their length of their videos to five minutes now so that people can create little micro shows out of the content. I wouldn't be surprised to see them actually have just... Uh, just keep expanding that or create like different types of entertainment avenues uh, for, for you to go down, but not for you to make a movie. Right. But for you to create content. Whereas I think YouTube, you see where they, where they went, they have a lane for music, a lane for film. Mm-hmm. They're all paid lanes and, and they're trying to figure it out. They have a little shorts sort of reels Avenue that everybody's trying to copy and create into a feature and, some apps do it better than others, but in general, it's like super common now. And we just can't watch all of them. Like as a user, you kind of have to pick like what like sliding video type thing am I going to watch? <laughs> and right, yeah, and and for the for the most part, you know, it's it's been it's been TikTok that's been that's been the the big leader, you know, in in the clubhouse on that. Um, there are exceptions. I just, for anybody that's listening to us for the first time, I mean, there are exceptions to the rule. Like there are unicorns that have made films exactly that are less than three to $5 million that have done tremendously, tremendously well. And maybe there'll be a book one day that we'll put together, Nick, about those unicorns and what we can learn from, from, uh, those films. But so we're not saying that like it's impossible. Like if you want to go make that film, go make that film and maybe, you know, you get, you get lucky with it. Maybe you hit the zeitgeist right on the nose and then you're able to push that film through to, to wonderful profitability, but it will be for in, in general, an uphill climb simply because the individuals and machine you have to work with on the other side of the, of the, of sort of the profit game, which are your distributors and what happens in post and um, just the various platforms where you could try to make that money back. Um, they are less interested in your product. Right. <laughs> it's not impossible. It pay, it's it improbable. Pay full, yeah. They may not pay full bore for, for what you've created. So we're definitely not saying that it's just that, um, you could get your heart broke if you think that your feature that's below three to five million is going to get treated the same way as that three to five million dollar film. I mean, even Alec Baldwin <laughs> is getting sort of like, like you said, they were acting pejorative toward him making 
a low budget indie film. Whereas right. we would take like incredible pride in that idea. <laughs> yeah. The idea of like, oh, well, you know, Alec Baldwin's making an indie film. This is great. This is awesome. No, because you made that film, someone died. Exactly. Like, yeah. That's it. That's whoa, it. Because whoa, they're raw. They're, you know, it's fraught and wrought with challenges and, and concerns. You know, it's just, uh. anyway, which one, I won't those, go there. Which, one, which one of those isn't a word? Fraught or wrought? They're both words. <laughs> <laughs> Do they mean the same thing? Uh, basically, but not. That meant nothing. Yeah. No, no, no. It would say fraught okay. is, you know, so that's that's where you're like, I think it's always a negative. Mm-hmm. Rot does not have to be negative. Rot, rot could be uh, like, give me a positive version and include the word bread. <laughs> <laughs> the bakery was wrought with bread. <laughs> <laughs> but the bakery was fraught with rotten bread. <laughs> uh, ew, okay, that's awesome. So I, I, I love this conversation. I love uh, hopping in on that. It's just like, I know that it feels like that subject's been beat to death, but I wanted to bring some new perspectives to it. If, and I hope we did that today before anybody thinks we're like kissing TikToks, but or, or like, you know, brown nosing them. Uh, I'll just put it out there that you can ask their executives directly who owns who owns TikTok and they will dance around that they still will not tell you who owns it. <laughs> they won't tell you. They won't tell you. Now what is up with that? That hey, let it go. Let it go. That That's a whole other is, conversation. That is terrifying. Right. Yeah. Tell us who owns it, bro. And quit trying to trick us. <laughs> quit trying it's to the, trick us. That's it's all, it's that's the Borg. Saying. It's the Borg. <laughs> we know what's we know what's going on. We know what's going on. Anyhow, Nick, thank you so much for joining. This was incredible and so much fun. I think we cracked up probably more than we uh, usually do and probably should have for this. I hope people stuck <laughs> with us to the end. And if you did make it to the end and you thought it was funny, bless you. Thank you so much for the support. And if you want to keep supporting us and you want to reach out and be engaged with us, there's easy ways to do it. Uh, it starts with email. That old thing that's going to be retired pretty soon, but it still <laughs> works for now. Contact at bonsai.film. That's how you can get in touch with us with questions or concerns. You can also hop on Instagram or Twitter and find us at underscore bonsai creative. We like the DMs too. As long as they're not filthy, <laughs> wink, wink, right. the filthier the better. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on Facebook just by searching for Bonsai Creative Film and we'll come right up. If you want to reach out to Nick directly, he also loves the email and he's a madman. He's wild. He gives his personal email out. I've, I've warned him against this many times, but he's he's Zorro. So you can't you can't stop him. Uh, you can email him at nick at bonsai.film. So that's nick, N-I-C-K, at bonsai.film. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me at Twitter. You can just search for Chris Barkley now, or Christopher Barkley actually now, or search for Flame in Your Heart, and I will come right up and I will respond to anything you ask me. That's a promise. Last but not least, do remember to rate and review this Wonderful podcast, five stars on Apple. It means a lot. It helps people find us, and it just strokes our ego so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, but if you're but if you're on Spotify, do the same thing, right? Yeah. Apple, Spotify, yep. wherever you Spotify, listen, Spotify, you can rate us five stars as well. I meant to Overcast, mention that on the last indie talk, Stitcher, like wherever you are, we are five all stars. over wherever you listen to podcasts. Wherever you listen, and they allow you to rate, please rate us five stars. We'll owe you one for sure. And if you want to leave a review, you can do that. Simple, so easy. Just takes a moment, probably 30 seconds, probably two seconds to rate at five stars. And uh, you can also contribute to this podcast by going to bonsai.film. So www.bonsai.film. Lots of incredible resources there. Industry insights. You can sign up for our fantastic newsletter. 
uh, huge reviews and, and feedback on that. It's been wonderful. And you can also contribute, uh, like I mentioned before. There's a tab called True Fans, or you can just go to the website, bonsai.film forward slash True Fans, and you can contribute. And contributions start at just five bucks a month. That's the cost of a grande chai latte. Uh, and if you make it dirty, then it's even less than that. So I go. think we're equally as tasty as that chai latte, equally as yummy. So if you'd like more Indie Talk Yum Yum, then give us the five bucks. Uh, a month and we'll put it to good use and keep making this thing rock and roll. Of course, you can contribute any amount you like, but again, starts at $5. That's bonsai.film forward slash true fans. And we deeply appreciate it. So with that, Nick, Merry Christmas to you. And can you leave us with the credo? Yep. Happy holidays, my brother. Happy holidays to everybody out there. Uh, And um, if we don't speak to you before then, which we probably will, Merry New Year. (laughs) Uh, But with that, yes, my friends, be better, be creative, be engaged. And thank you for listening. Nick, talk to you soon. Yes, sir. All right, man. Peace. Take it easy. Bye. You've been listening to the Make It Podcast. To find out more information about this week's topics, including links to relevant blog posts, projects, and indie creatives, please visit our website at www.banzai.film. If you haven't already, you can join our podcast community on Apple Podcasts or the podcast app of your choice by searching for Make It Bonsai Creative and the show will pop right up. You now have the opportunity to support the production of this podcast. If you love Make It and are a true fan of what we're trying to accomplish in the indie film community, please visit www.bonsai.film and click contribute. Contributions start at only $5 monthly. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at underscore Bonsai Creative and on Facebook by searching for Bonsai Creative. You can provide feedback to us via email at contact at bonsai.film and you can follow me, Chris, on Twitter at FlamingYourHeart. That's F-L-A-M-E-I-N-U-R-H-E-A-R-T. And of course, if you're looking to take a big step towards your filmmaking success, go to www.bonsai.film and click on Services to explore a variety of offerings from keynotes and panels to pitch readiness assessments and so much more. You have everything to gain. Until next time, be better, be creative, Be engaged and thank you for listening.